Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. How much lying do you think goes on right now? Oh, everybody's lying. I might be the most honest, unfortunately, um, but everybody's lying. You guys lie? I think you know Melly well enough. Like, usually if you answer a question, I'll either dance around it or give you an answer. Today, I'm a dancer. Chris Ballard speaking some truth last week, pre-draft press conference, and many of you wonder why all these GMs and coaches were even saying anything if they're all saying something that isn't true. They're required by league rules to do pre-draft press conferences. They wouldn't do it unless they were forced to do it by 345 Park Avenue. We are not forced to do this show by 345 Park Avenue. They would probably prefer that we didn't. We're doing it anyway. It's PFT Live. Draft Week. Chris Sims, Mike Florio, Peacock, Sirius XM85, Sky Sports Action, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Christopher. Hello, Michael. What's up? How are you? Did you have a good weekend? What's going on in life? Uh, did you wake up late today? Is that why we put on the Vikings Army sweatshirt? That's usually the de facto I woke up late shirt. What's going on? How are you? <laughs> well, there are multiple reasons for the closest and the cleanest this morning. I have a bad habit. I have many bad habits, but I have one bad habit in particular. Of the earlier I get up, the more late that I am coming up here. Because I have in my head, if I roll out of bed at 6, I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. I got up at 6. I got plenty of time. So I putter around. I finally sit down maybe 10 after 6 to start writing something. I like to get one item posted at PFT, ideally. Unless I roll out of bed at 6.42, I'd like to get one posted. And during that process, I'm playing beat the clock. I'm watching the little time up in the right corner of the desktop machine that I work on. And it's creeping towards 640. Usually it's like I got to be done and I got to start getting ready at 640. I just, I, but I always feel like I can stretch it another minute or two and I can do one more thing. And the next thing you know, it's 645 and I haven't even jumped in the shower yet. And that's when it's beat the clock time. And then Some days I just, even when I know the urgency is there, because I got up at 6, I never quite feel it. If I get up at 6.42, I'm up here early. You like it. Because instantly. You like this. You like it. You like the race the clock. You like the, ooh, let me see how close I could cut it. You do. You're actually in the best mood when you sit down at like 6.59 and 40 seconds, and then you have a standard joke that you throw out. Huh, it's 6.59 and 40 seconds. I had enough time to do something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Today I didn't. Today it was as close as it could get. Now also, I I have gotten mostly everything in that not quite yet. The damage from the fire we almost had a few weeks ago with the generator that started throwing out 
uncontrolled voltage and nearly started a fire or two in the house. I still don't have everything fixed. We do have the air handler up here fixed, but I, I didn't turn on the heat because I didn't expect it to get as cold as it did. So I had a feeling it was going to be a little brisk up here. And it is so much for April 24. It's cold here. So I had to be ready. And that contributed to my decision to reach down bottom of the closet. I think this is actually clean. I haven't done the pit check. You know, I have to do the pit check. It looks clean. It'll pass. It doesn't look too wrinkly or anything like that. So, you know, yeah, you you look like you're, you're pretty good today. Your hair's combed nice. You don't look tired. So don't worry. It's only me. I'm the only one that would have noticed. So you're good to go. Well, I again, I, the pit check doesn't matter because we do not have smell-o-vision here, and uh, that's a good thing <laughs> for a variety of reasons. I, I am doing a quick Twitter check here. Yeah? Something weird happened over the weekend. Multiple strange things happened over the weekend. But one in particular relates to the ongoing life and times of Twitter. Now, let me just recap. Oh, yeah. What well, what's going week. on right now? You don't know. Right. And, and it's funny. It's funny how... This entire topic has become the latest red state, blue state fighting point. And if you say anything to question the great and powerful Tesla daddy, you're in some way a lib. It's just it's just odd to me. Let me just make this general. Isn't that funny? Wasn't the guy a lib his whole life until like a few months ago? And now it's not cool to be a lib if you follow. I don't even understand it anymore. I don't I I don't get it. I don't get it. But I, I look at it this way. It's been a very useful and valuable platform in many ways. In other sure. ways, it's been a toxic cesspool. Sure. But, but it, it's, been a, it's been a way to keep up with things that you want to know about. It's been a way for me, owning and operating PFT, to have a platform that gradually grows and grows and grows that puts our stories out there and it gives me a way I can comment on other things if I feel like doing it, whatever the case may be. I've enjoyed the experience. But then all of a sudden, the experience became so much of a focal point on the platform and what's going on with the platform and what's he doing with the platform and what are these rules and what are those rules and what's changing here and what's changing there and what in the world is going on and this whole blue check thing. The idea being They're going to take away the blue checks from the truly verified accounts. The whole idea was to let the world know who the real people are. There's plenty of fakes and phonies out there. We're going to give the blue checks to the real people and the real organizations. It makes it easier to separate the truth from the crap. So you see the blue check. You can rely that even though what the person may be saying is crap, you at least know it's coming from the real person. Right. It becomes a revenue stream or an attempted revenue stream now for Tesla Daddy, and it's failed miserably by taking away all the blue checks and selling it for like eight bucks a month or eight ninety nine a month or whatever it is. It's something in the range of eight bucks a month. So four twenty, coincidentally or not, was the day when all the blue checks disappeared. Ours went away, yours went away, they all went away on four twenty. They were systematically going away throughout the month of April, but by four twenty they were all gone. Right. And 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 the caveat was certain accounts were getting free blue checks, even if they hadn't paid for them. And even though when you hover over their blue check, it says this person is verified because they've subscribed to Twitter Blue. It started with LeBron James and Stephen King. Stephen King, the author, was like, I didn't want a blue check. Why do I have a blue check? And so people started to figure it out. Well, then Saturday comes, Chris. And I worked out late afternoon, and I pulled up Twitter on my app after I was done, see if I missed anything, and I notice our blue check's back. What do, you, what do you mean our blue check's back? We're not subscribed to Twitter Blue. And I hovered over the little check, and it said this account is verified because it's subscribed to Twitter Blue and provide a verified phone number. It's like, I didn't either. It's just back. And I started looking around, a lot of them back. Yours isn't. I don't know what the cutoff is. I don't know who they decide and how they decide right. who had a blue check and gets a blue check. So now a bunch of these blue checks are back, and they're creating the false impression that I've paid for it right. and that others have paid for it. Did and you it's put anything false. out? It's on a so- lie. Yeah, did you put anything on social media to say you didn't pay for it? Like, did anybody else do that? Has everybody fought back on that? I didn't really pay attention to all this stuff this weekend. I've... I've mentioned it a few times. I feel like changing my profile to say we have not bought 
the blue check. Because I think what happened was it was so glaring that so few people had the blue check. And it became kind of or Or like confuse people into thinking that that folks have bought it, so we better buy it. I mean, it's it's dishonest, it's false, and it's just further contributing to a sense that this experience has dramatically changed and not for the better. So our blue check is back. Who knows how long it'll be back, but it's back. I haven't paid a dime for it, and I was still processing, like, I'm going to monitor this and decide and see how it goes. But I'm very disinclined at this point to ever pay for the blue check if he takes it away you can have it i have a feeling it's going to be gone it's going to be back it's going to be gone it's going to be back it's just ridiculous and and he's driving the thing into the ground and i want we t- said this last week i don't care if it goes away for good as long as it's oh, around i'm yeah, going to be I'd part be of it happy, but if it right. goes away for good there will not be a single tear trickling down no. the side of my face that's for damn sure no I, i'm with you there i i am so all right we'll see where it goes uh, uh Kristen, i i have been told did some research it's a million plus followers then you got the blue check so did like lebron james who's been anti it did they come out and like at least publicly say like i didn't pay for this and let everybody know that it's you know a hoax here or that elon and company are trying to jump start it or do whatever here to to get it all going again? I mean, did that become a thing? I think LeBron did push back, but he still has the blue check. I mean, what can you do? Yeah, can no, I know you got to keep it. You got to it, take it away. Right. Yeah, I hear you. It's I just hear you. weird. Yeah. I I mean, the idea, and I'll do it right now. It, it's odd to me that they can just flat out tell a blatant lie about what your activity is on this app. Here it is. Verified account. This account is verified because they are subscribed to Twitter Blue and verified their phone number, and that is just complete and total bullshit. Yeah. It is bullshit. Sorry. Sorry, Peacock and London and everybody else. Uh, It's a flat-out lie. uh, He said some bullshit things lately. I definitely wanted to throw the challenge flag out there on him. (laughs) It is just a flat-out lie. I haven't subscribed to Twitter Blue. I won't subscribe to Twitter Blue. And Tesla Daddy, if you want to shut down my account, go for it. <laughs> I, he, he, just like he can do whatever he wants to do. Oh, he can. I feel like that with my Tesla. Listen, the last time I complained here on the Tesla about my Tesla, two days later, I had glitches <laughs> in my Tesla. So I don't know. The car's not good. It's glitched. And I will continue to talk crap and probably get another glitch tomorrow. But yeah, I don't know what to say. Like, I got mad respect for the guy and some of the things he's done. But when he comes out and like tells us like the world population problems an issue right now, wait, 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 well, hold on, let me get this straight. So in the whole history of time up to 1980, we had 4 billion people. And then in the four, 40 years since then, we've doubled the population, but population's the problem. I mean, some of the things he says and does right now is off the wait. walls and he needs to get buttoned up because his cars are sucky ducky right Just now. Just so we're clear. I want to get rid of my car. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Is he of the mindset that I've heard others push that we need more people? Yeah, right, right. It's the thing that's destroying the earth, overpopulation. We can't keep up this process in which we are going down the road of right now as far as the resources we're burning up and supporting everybody. It's not possible. He thinks the end of civilization is coming, even though we've doubled the population in the last 40 years. The entirety of earth... It was 4 billion people, and 40 years we doubled it, but we need more. That's that's what I think. I mean, he's insane. Well, he's gone down idiotville. I don't know uh, what to uh, say. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, he now subscribes to the idea that there is a sucker born every minute, and he wants them to subscribe to Twitter. Yeah, board. or buy a and stupid he wants more suckers. Car. Right. He wants <laughs> he wants more suckers to be born more so they can eventually to subscribe. Go on his to stupid Twitter spaceship Blue. and whatever else. All right, I'm sick of the guy. Let's talk right. about some football. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, from Twitter Blue to the team with the blue horseshoe on their helmet in Indianapolis, Chris Ballard said as we mentioned at the top of the show everybody is lying and so it's with that prism that we try to figure out exactly what's going to happen and there's a balance to be struck here between we want to know what's going to happen and we don't want to know what's going to happen it's like that movie that you're watching that you really want to be enjoyed by the process you don't want anyone to tell you what's going to happen you don't want to figure it out doesn't it piss you off when you figure out where a movie or a book is going like damn it I, I don't want to figure it out. I want to enjoy this process. So that's what we deal with. We want to know, 
and people expect us to know. And the reality is we don't know, but no. we want to know, but we don't want to know because we want to sit back with our drink, our popcorn, our pizza, our weed, our whatever on Thursday night and just let the first round play out. That's the tension for me. I want to know and I don't want to know. Yeah. How do you feel about it? No, I I, 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 I hear you too. No, it's like I, I love to hear the knowledge of some of the thought process behind the picks. I think that's what's awesome about the draft, especially this year. There's a lot of different thoughts out there. You know, again, it's a draft that I think is, you know, I'm with you, Mike. I think I, I like to know and hear the knowledge, but I don't necessarily want to know exactly how it's going to play out. You're right. It's the fun of it. That's the best part of the NFL draft. It's the best part of NFL football in general. It's just you never know with anything involved in the NFL, and I think that that filters over to the draft. But, yeah, I think with this draft, too, especially between the quarterback situation, you know, um, some of the top-end players, and we know that this is a draft that does not have a lot of superstars, but some of the best players have medical issues, Right, so how is that going to affect them or off the field issues? You got Jalen Carter, you know his off the field issue. Tyree Wilson, he's got a foot issue. Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's a hamstring. Nolan Smith, the great pass rusher who ran four three off of Georgia, it's a torn pectoral and a little bit of injury history. The tight end from Utah, Dalton Kincaid. Everybody has him as a top 15 player. He's got a back issue. So there's so many things that are going to play into this draft, Mike. And, you know, I think between all that that I just said, um, I told producer Matt Casey before the show, I think there's also the thought of, like, that some teams, hey, there's not a lot of, like, great players in this draft, so we're going to just get guys that we feel have a high floor. And then I talk to other teams, Mike, and they go, there's not a lot of great players in this draft, so we're going to shoot our shot and go for one of the great players and take a chance. And if it doesn't work out, so what? So, you know, to your point, and I know I'm adding some, you know, uh, theatrics to all this, but I I think it is going to be fun for this first round, especially this week, this year especially. You mentioned Dalton Kincaid, the number one rated tight end in his back issue. I remember a time about 13 years ago, there was a tight end who tumbled out around one yeah, of his back right, issues right. in the game. Rob, Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski. So, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. So, uh, you're, and you're right. The whole floor ceiling, are you going to reach for the stars? Are you going to play it safe? Right. A lot of it depends upon organizational dynamics. Exactly. Owner, are you concerned about your job? Do you have to prove yourself this draft? 100%. Do you have a lot of heat? Or do you have the luxury, the luxury to roll the dice right. and see what happens? Right. So, so the one thing we do know is the one thing I wish we didn't know, that Bryce Young is going to be the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers, barring something ridiculously unforeseen and and unexpected we we will see Bryce Young go to Carolina the draft begins at number two and we pay very close attention to the betting markets the betting markets for certain aspects of this existence we lead where we follow the NFL every waking moment at least Chris and I do except when Chris is chasing daffodil around the yard (laughs) is the information that can be gleaned from the odds remember the time when the notion that Aaron Rodgers was going to retire was fueled by the fact that they took all the Aaron Rodgers and Packers futures bets off the board in Vegas the weekend before training camp opened. And now we see the betting markets adjust and change. And Will Levis, lo and behold, is now the favorite to be the second overall pick of the Houston Texans. I mean, we thought if they went quarterback, they'd go C.J. Stroud. Well, yeah. No. Right. No. Will Levis is now the guy. Right. And uh, Tyree Wilson is lurking behind him and this gets back to what we talked about last week what's coach D'Amico Ryan's looking for does he want a Nick Bosa or does the organization want a quarterback and if they do right now DraftKings FanDuel BetMGM points bet and others think it's going to be Levis who's the pick yeah it, it's it's interesting I mean because Levis again here it, it's it's kind of all over the place in the NFL it's I mean listen I we all see the high-end talent right I mean we see it we, we saw clips on his pro day whatever the guy's got a laser. He's got a cannon, right? But it, there's there's issues along with that, whether it's footwork, whether it's decision-making, pocket presence, the consistency of the accuracy of the football, the talent's there. You know, it's like a Richardson guy. Like, you know, I know it's not Anthony Richardson, but, I mean, that right there, what he just did is special. To be, to be able to run like that and then throw the ball 30 yards on a, you know, 10 feet in the air on a line drive, that, that is special. Right, but there's the quarterbacky stuff and the feel and the play and like I talked about the different clubs in the bag and you know all of that that 
you know, that's where it leads him to all over the place in the NFL, Mike. There's a lot of people like his talent, but man, I, I could tell you that there's a lot of people I've talked to that go, oh, man, he's like four for me. He's five for me. And then you talk to somebody who goes, oh, he's, you know, I think he's up there with the top guys for me. So this, it's an interesting, again, adds to the dynamic of this draft to where it's a little all over the place, Mike. And I think more than anything, Will Levis at two, of course, is a story. And you said it right with Tyree Wilson. Do they want their Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett type of guy there? And he's got the foot injury, so that maybe there's some trepidation. But I still think the big story is that C.J. Stroud and the fact that where does he get drafted and the fact that here we are a week out and we kind of felt this last week, he is falling. And it sounds like it's all because of off the field and the personality you know, processing test that's become so popular in the NFL. So it's kind of an amazing turn of events here over the weekend. Yeah, and, and look, somebody's going to get a good quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Yeah. You, you have him ranked as number one. And, and, and the, the reality, too, is – and I sent a few texts on our chain over the weekend about framing. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. There's no. so many factors that go into it. Chris is providing you with a snapshot of what he likes based upon what he's seen on film in college. He's not in a position where he can do all the research. The teams spend millions of dollars to do all the research. The film is the one thing that's accessible beyond the 32 teams. All that other information, it's kept very tightly guarded unless, of course, somebody wants to weaponize it to make a guy fall. And with Stroud, I feel like that's what's going on. I feel like somebody who wants C.J. Stroud is putting the crap out there to try to get him to fall. It's either that, Chris, or it's a CAA versus athletes first thing. Levis is CAA, Stroud is athletes first. And it's that back and forth. What do I do to get my guy drafted as high as possible? It goes back to why Lamar Jackson was number 32. He had no one protecting him against the Bill Polian bull crap that he should play receiver. He had no one affirmatively pushing him and knocking down others. That's what they all do. And something with C.J. Stroud has taken root here in the perception of where he's going to go. Agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. Now, you know, I think that some of what you're talking about definitely going on behind the scenes, right? But I also think there's something tangible there, Mike, because, I, I, you know, I, I got people who told me that they got no horse in this race, right? They're not in the quarterback conversation, and they still told me. And I think the big thing is with this this personality test, right, the S2 test, and there's a there's one or two other ones that float around the NFL right now, you know, and I, I got – I know. I got problems with I them too, Mike. That gets out. I know. I hate that it's it gets bull out. crap. It's bull crap. I'm with you. I'm with you. And you know, it, it's still early on in the phase of this test too that I'm I'm shocked that so many people put so much into it. But it doesn't necessarily determine success, but the one thing that coaches tell me is that it's been pretty good at determining wait, it's not going to be successful. And I think that's where somewhere, you know, the rubber has met the road on the C.J. Stroud conversation. Like you said, I mean, to me on the field, what I watch on film, he is number one, slam dunk. But obviously there's a little bit of a concern here with this. And it's just crazy that, you know, so much gets put into this. But I guess, you know, like you said, it's millions of dollars, it's investments, and they're looking at every under nook and cranny they can find possible here. Around any corner... Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Not every team uses the S2 test either, which no, makes I know. it not even as prevalent as the Wonderlick, which is, was, and always will be a useless indicator. But because they've always used the Wonderlick, they continue to use it. It's always been there. We do it. And even right. though it's not part of the combine anymore, the teams still implement it because they want to have those data points where they can compare a guy a who's baseline. coming to the NFL now right. to a guy who was drafted in 1973. Right. Okay. So uh, the Texans also have the 12th overall pick. Peter King has his mock draft out today. He's got them taking Tyree Wilson 2, Hendon Hooker 12. That's the way that you can still address the quarterback position. That's right. Because you've got the Browns' first-round pick by virtue of the Deshaun Watson trade. So they don't have to go quarterback at 2. They can go quarterback at 12. Hell, they don't have to go quarterback at 12 either. They can stick with Case Keenum and uh, Davis Mills if they choose to do so, although many would think that would be a foolish attempt by the Texans to try to make their team better. Okay, number three then. Whatever they do at number two, whether it's Will Levis, whether it's Tyree Wilson, whether it's Will Anderson, or whether maybe it ends up being C.J. Stroud between now and Thursday, who knows. But then at number three, that's when things get interesting because the Cardinals are in position to trade down and get more picks to make their team better. Daniel Jeremiah said last week, he's the guy who was the successor to Mike Mayock as the NFL media draft expert. He said it somewhat reluctantly. The Cardinals are the worst roster right now in the NFL, and there aren't many people that would argue for that. It's not exactly a hot take to say the Cardinals are currently the worst roster. Here's GM Monty Ossenfort from last week talking about his expectation that he's going to get phone calls for that number three pick. Well, I mean, I think with any trade that comes up, there's got to be opportunity, right? So there's got to be, it takes two teams to make a trade. All right, that's the first thing. And, you know, I think that's something that we're going to really dive into next week is, you know, if, if the phone does ring and, and someone shows interest, then we're going to have to weigh that, right? It's a, it's a give and take. Is, is, is there a player there that we, we want to take there? And there obviously is. There's only two players that are going to be drafted ahead of where we pick. You know, I think those talks will, will really start progressing next week, but it's, it's one that we're going to have to wait and see just what, what opportunities are or aren't there. Quick follow-up, have you had any calls yet? Uh, there has been discussions, I'd say, back as far as the combine. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty preliminary back then. Um, you know, it started to pick up here, and I would say it's going to continue to pick up as we get closer to next Thursday night. Well, I keep watching that index finger on his left hand. You know, it's like the needle on a lie detector. Like, how much is it rattling as he speaks? Come on. He should have kept that hand out of view because I'm sitting there. I'm watching it wiggle, and I'm thinking, well, what's that mean? What's that mean as to the truthfulness of what he's saying now that we have bought into the idea as pushed by Chris Bow that everybody's lying? So they're in a great spot. They're in a great spot. I think they'll have an opportunity. There'll be a team drafting behind the Colts who are clearly in the quarterback market. A team drafting behind the Colts try to jump up and make that move and make it happen and go get the quarterback before the Colts can do it. If they play it the right way, the Cardinals can come out of this with a lot. And I think back to 1998. This is not widely remembered because it was a long time ago, and I'm not even sure I'm remembering it correctly, but I think I am. The Cardinals held the second overall pick that year. They did a flip-flop with the Chargers so the Chargers could get into the Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning draft position. We didn't know with clarity who the Colts were going to take, but the Chargers wanted to be in a position to take whoever was left. There was a flip-flop with the Cardinals and the Chargers in the run-up to the draft to allow the Chargers to do that. So same idea here. You could have the Cardinals move out of that spot and someone else come up and say, sorry, Chris Ballard, we're taking your quarterback. Oh, no, no doubt. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it makes you wonder, like, where is that, is that pick more valuable if the Texans take a quarterback or if they don't take a quarterback, right? What do you think there on that question? Do you know what I mean, Mike? Like, do you think it makes it more valuable? If the Texans don't take a quarterback, of course, everybody's on the board except Bryce Young. If the Texans do take Will Levis – of course, now there's Bryce Young and Will Levis off the board to where it might make a team a little more antsy, like, uh-oh, we got to get one right now. I don't know. What's your gut there on what makes it more valuable 
if there's all the quarterbacks on the board minus Bryce Young or if Levis and Bryce Young are off the board and now we're dwindling down the, you know, the path here. You know, you, you made me think of something I hadn't considered. If it's quarterback, quarterback, one and two, then for someone who isn't looking for a quarterback, that number three spot is the number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah. Is there someone out there that's so sufficiently that's loves where... one of the non-quarterbacks exactly. that they decide to make the move ah, right. and not play games? Right. That's what right? I mean. Because that's... If, 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 if the Colts quarterback goes number three. Yeah. If the Cardinals trade out of that spot and take the guy the Colts were going to take, then the Colts maybe not don't take a quarterback and they take the guy that you would be trading up the number three to get if you want an on quarterback. So you got to factor that into your overall assessment of how this goes. I agree. That, that, that that's where you know again the the Texans at two is is really interesting. You know I'm one in my mock draft. I'm releasing that later today on my podcast. I got Tyree Wilson going there number two. That's where I got him. You know, but. But, you know, again, the, 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 you know, with the Tyree Wilson, the quarterback situation, you know, the state of the franchise, like you talked about that particular situation with Arizona, what do they want to do? You know, again, the one thing I would say here and, and to, to all of this is, I mean, Jalen Carter's the best player in the draft. Jalen Carter's the best player in the draft. Will the Texans or the Cardinals take him? You know, that's that's the big thing there, too, in, in, in this whole conversation. But, yeah, it adds to this value, Mike, of like what, yeah, what you're talking about, you know, it could change the dynamic as far as what the Texans do, could change the dynamic of three and four in the draft overall. And, yeah, Arizona, it's a huge draft like you're talking about. And it's they need a lot of spots on their football team. But they also need some big-time players. And they got a guy that's a head coach of the Eagles last year. And, man, Jalen Carter could be on the board there or a big defensive end. Or do they go Will Anderson and go with a guy that's got a high floor and they go, okay, he might not have the superstar potential the other guy has, but he's safe and we know he'll be good and we're not looking at any bust potential there. I, I, there's just a lot of different ways it can go. That's why I'm so pumped for Thursday night. And, you know, uh, by the way, the, the Peter King mock draft, which you can see right now at PFT, has the Cardinals trading that number three pick to the Titans who come up and take a quarterback in that spot. I believe it's C.J. Stroud that they take in that spot. It's possibly Will Levis. I think it's Will Levis. I think it's Will Levis that they take under the Peter King mock draft. Uh, I'm not 100% sure I don't have it in front of me, but you can go check it out. Not during the show, though. During a break. It is Stroud. It is Stroud, Matt Casey says, at number three. One other thing about the Cardinals – and I knew yesterday that it was going to stir things up a little bit. Not that that ever stops me. But, Chris, I'd love your opinion. I've talked to some people around the league about this. It's five days before the draft. It's Saturday. You're Monty Austin for the GM of the team. First-year GM. Never done the job before. Got the job in January when the draft process is already in full bloom and you're, you, you know, you're, you're thrust into this new job. Never had this job before. Got to do the best with it working for a team that's slipped to among the most dysfunctional in the NFL. Jonathan Gannon, head coach, first-year head coach, was with the Eagles up until the middle of February, so he hasn't exactly been on the job for very long here in Arizona. They're five days away from this pivotal draft that's going to help secure the short- and long-term interests of the Cardinals. And Kyler Murray's having a statue unveiled at the Oklahoma Spring game in Norman, and they get on a plane and they fly with the rest of the offensive staff to go show support for Kyler Murray. Could you imagine Bill Belichick doing that five days before the draft? Could you imagine any successful GM or head coach pulling the plug on draft preparations five days before to go fly to some statue unveiling in order to let the quarterback know that they support him? I think the quarterback would understand. I'd like to think the quarterback would understand Kind of an important weekend, kind of an important week. There's always work to be done. Sean Payton said at the pre-draft press conference last week that the night before, he and Broncos GM George Payton watched 1,200 plays from only three players. There's plenty of work to be done. I don't care if you think you're done, you're not done. If you think you're done and ready five days before the draft, you're deluding yourself. There is still work to be done. And then there's the question of how does this look? It doesn't look good to just shut it down and fly to Oklahoma on Saturday. Again, you can see where I come down on this, but I've yeah. talked to people around the league who are like, are they serious? Are you, 
you're 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 you're, wait this is this isn't fake this is real you're telling me they actually left the facility five days before the draft and it's amazing and i guess it's heartening to see that there actually are cardinals fans because they want to push back against it's like folks you should be upset about this you shouldn't be defending them you should be upset that five days before the draft they took off for something they didn't need to go to well it it, listen there's a lot to talk about here first off kyler murray it's a new staff everything like that they want to support him the organization's been a little shaky in supporting him, you know, at least as far as, you know, dating back to last year with the contract, you know, provisions and yes. all that. So they want to support their guy who is the, you know, marquee player in their franchise. I'm not mad at that. Mike, there's like. You now you support him? You know how you support him? Draft good players. Well, okay. That's how you support but, him. But see, but I, I mean, most of the NFL didn't work Saturday and Sunday this year, this weekend. I mean, most I, I, I know that. I was texting with people everywhere. So it, it's the work's done. The work's done now. They've done it all. Never done. Right? And, yeah, okay, so what? They could have watched film on the flight back that night. They could have been back in the office Sunday morning. It doesn't matter. Maybe there's a correlation here. Maybe there's a correlation here. The people I know were working. The people you know weren't working. Okay. Oh, that's great. That's fine. I I mean, you know, again, I I don't know what to tell you. There was plenty of teams that had nothing Saturday, got off half day on Friday. They're working all through next weekend. Most of them worked all last weekend. You know, these Monty, like I, I, I worked with Monty up in New England. I mean, he's he, he lives it all the time like that little trip to him. It's he's way down the path of like beyond comfort there. So I, I you know, I, I don't agree with your sentiment there. I don't. Uh, well, that's right. fine. Yeah. That's fine. We'll see who they pick and we'll see how they do. Yeah. I, and, and I also think that if they if they feel compelled to do that in order to suck up to Kyler Murray, that's just not going to be. But like Mike, you're crazy. You're crazy. If that went that on with the Bengals, if that went on with the Chiefs, it went on with the Chargers. All the head coaches are going to go there for it. Justin Herbert, statue in are Oregon. They? I bet you Brandon Staley's there. I bet you if Mahomes gets a statue at Texas Tech, that Andy Reid would go down and have been there. That, that would just be my assessment. Same with Zach Taylor. Exactly right. I that's well. that's yeah. It's easier to do it when you got a ring. It's easier to do it when your team is good. It's a it's a much tougher sell when your organization has gone from 10 and 2. Peter King was making this point on Friday. They were 10 and 2 17 months ago and they are vying with the Texans right now for the most dysfunctional in the NFL. And I would submit that the Cardinals are even more dysfunctional. Sure. Look at all the weird stuff that's happened and it started with the Kyler Murray study clause in his contract. And it continued just with the team not being very good. And they, they don't know when Kyler Murray's even going to be healthy after the torn ACL. They have the issue with the allegations made against Michael Bidwell by Terry McDonough that's been corroborated by at least one other former employee of the team. And there's just this sense, this sense that it's not working. And perception is reality. And I just think it's not the best perception. Well, I, I think you Cardinals could look first off. Abandon ship five days before a critical draft. Oh, oh, and I don't oh. care. I don't care how much hay they think they have in the barn. You can always stuff more hay in the barn. Oh, I, 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 I get it, Mike. I mean, we can always say that. But, it, you know, it's a lot of like uh, the, the, not everybody was working in the NFL. And I guarantee some of those people that told you they were working, they weren't working that hard. Think Belichick was? I, think Belichick I, was I, or wasn't working? I don't know. I, you you know I, what do you think? He, he could have been. I really don't know. It, it goes either way. I remember in our years, with, like right before the draft, that weekend we usually had off because the next weekend was going to be extremely busy. You know, now whether he's in there doing it, I don't know. And he's a different animal. You're right. So I don't know. Yeah. But also, all I give, I'm saying I is, give my writers Labor Day weekend off. Do you think I don't work on Labor Day weekend? I, I give don't them know. I don't off. know. Do what are I you doing? Work? Are you writing a book or are you actually working? I don't know. I'm not sure. I are do you, both. Okay. I do both. Okay. Well, both yeah, you could you could be more hay in the barn. I'm Stop writing the book. There's the more hay in the barn. Stop. You're wasting your time I, writing the book. There's more stories in the NFL to be written about. I didn't have to fly. I didn't have to fly to Oklahoma to do it. It's my two hours. They also have Wi-Fi on flights insane. and private so planes have film and everything. They got all these things. No diamond encrusted toilet seats, still, but they got all the stuff you need. And how do you know it doesn't cause more issues? First off, all the problems you talked about were the last regime. So they're trying to make sure things are smooth and get going. Like, I also could see Mike Florio in a past life if there was no Cardinal representation there, you know, for Kyler Murray at this ceremony. You'd go, oh, I what the care. hell? Who Why is nobody shit? there to support the Who guy? Who cares? 
I don't Ooh, can, know. Don't get me started on this. <laughs> don't get me started on this. First of all, first of all, first of all, I don't think anybody who's still alive should ever have a statue. I think the whole idea of giving someone who is still alive a statue is freaking ridiculous. And I also think there's way too many statues. You have to have lived a very special life or you have to have died in service to the country or something like that to get a statue. I, I don't disagree with you there. human beings. Okay. <laughs> so don't get me started on the whole statue. Bullshit. All right. All there right. should be very few statues anywhere. And a lot of the ones that are out there probably shouldn't be up anymore. That's a different issue altogether. So no, I, I, this idea that just because you win a Heisman trophy at Oklahoma, there's this garden of statues out there. That's ridiculous to me. And they do it like at some of these other big time college programs too. The guy's still alive. No statue. That's a simple (laughs) litmus test that I think you and I can agree on. All right. Uh, Anthony Richardson may get, may get a statue at Florida. That's one of the places that gives out statues all the time. He only played there one year, and he didn't win many games, so maybe not. The betting odds have him as a likely top five pick, not tied to any one team, but a likely top five pick. And you know, I posted last night, there's some chatter floating around that Seattle may be the spot for Richardson. And I know you and I agree that it would be a mistake. They've had quarterback take on too much of a life of its own in Seattle in recent years. They've got Geno Smith. Let him do his thing. But that three-year, $105 million contract, they can escape it after one year and $28 million. There's a lot of fluff that we there got is. sold as to what that contract's worth. They could pull the plug after one year, and they could plug in Anthony Richardson or some of the contract. And Pete Carroll has been very open about, I thought he was being so open that he was just trying to Get somebody to trade up to number five, but there's a belief out there. Could be could be just another lie, but there's a belief out there that Richardson could be their guy at number five. And it's at the point where I won't be surprised if it happens. Which again, it's back to the balance. Do you really want to know what's gonna happen or do you want to be surprised? If they take him now at number five, I'm gonna be less surprised than I would have been, and I'm kinda of upset about that. Well, I, I'm gonna take it more on what we what we have thought all along what our history is of knowing Schneider and Pete Carroll. You know, it is a, it's a great spot to think about quarterback and all the reasons you explain. You know, you're right. You got a chance to get a guy there. It, is, it could only be a one-year deal with Geno. But I just don't see it within the, the DNA of, of Schneider and Pete Carroll. Uh, that's where I guess I just come down to it. And then I just come to that team and look at it and go, man, one of the downfalls of the team the last few years has been the defense. And the defensive front seven, like we talked about, to where I just, you know, Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson, who's ever left over of the three, something of that nature. Yes, uh, that's where I would think it would go. Now, Mike, what I think is going to be interesting, like, with Seattle, like, I don't think it's quarterback, but what if those two guys were off the board? What if those two were off the board? Then would they turn their attention to go, wait, our board's changed here. One of the stud defensive guys we thought we were going to get, we're not going to get them. Where do we go from there? You know, And that's where I think they're trying to say this in case there's somebody that might want Richardson or maybe they take Richardson. But either way, it adds to the value of that pick, and it's definitely something to watch for on Thursday night. Here's the wrinkle that caused me to actually write the story last night because I still don't see the Seahawks doing it. Yeah, There's right. another dynamic that we have to keep in mind, and you said it earlier about some teams are just going to go take the guy with the high ceiling and see what happens. Right. And you've said before about Richardson. He's the guy from this class who's got superstar potential. Let's think about where the Seahawks are right now as an organization. Jody Allen inherits the team from her late brother Paul Allen and she is systematically selling off his assets and giving them to the charities he supports. The Seahawks can't be sold before May of 2024 without 10% of the proceeds going to the state of Washington as part of their stadium deal. So after May of 2024, it's all in play. As early as like May 2, the team can be sold and there's a thought maybe Jeff Bezos tapped out of the commander's thing to go get the Seahawks. My point is this, If you're Pete Carroll and John Schneider and you want to stay in that job, your argument's a hell of a lot stronger if you have a superstar quarterback in 2024 who's taken the league by storm. And maybe you're inclined to roll the dice on that because that's what you need. Look at what Ron Rivera's dealing with now. He's going to have a new owner for the Commanders in 2023, and his fate for next year is going to be driven by what he does this year. For the Seahawks next year, look, they're they're still potentially going to be good enough that, that a new owner shouldn't want to make a change. 
But damn it, if they're unveiling this guy who's having a Patrick Mahomes-style effect on the NFL in 2024, they're probably good to go for 25, 26, 27, 28. As long as Pete wants to stay, he can pop in that magic gum and go running around on the field. He'll go until his 75, 76, 77. You get Anthony Richardson, your future is secured if, if he ends up being great. Yeah, that, that's that's the big if, right? It is. And, and I, I, you know, I don't think you're wrong of the – the politics of that situation, you know, the pressure it could put on the next owner and you got all that in place. But also, like you're saying, there's a risk. All right, you take that pick and, that, hey, your defense is still crappy this year and you don't get that. And, oh, damn, we're not in the playoffs. And, oh, crap, my plan to save myself for the next owner, actually I'm going to get fired with this owner before he even sells the team because, damn, we're 6-11 <laughs> we're, we're and 11. and because I tried to do with the quarterback and we couldn't stop the runner. That That's where I just – I don't know. That's where I come back to. I just feel like they're they're going to go with what's working right now. And they got a little something working on that offensive side of the ball. I believe, you know, and I think you're with me that they're – and I, I know you're you're throwing out stuff out there, but they're a mojo team. And I have Pete's chewing his gum. And, hey, Geno and Lockett and Metcalf, they're, they got it going. And we got Noah Fan at tight end and a running back. And – I, I just would I would say be careful of breaking up that chemistry. It was kind of damn good last year. It was kind of fun to watch. Defense didn't hold up its end of the bargain. So that's where I go back to it. But all the things you say I, I don't think are crazy. I think those are definitely real thoughts that are, are real throughout the NFL and when it comes to those type of situations. And I think when it comes down to it, they're going to have an offer that they're going to find it hard to refuse at number five we've seen them trade down over and over and over again trade down get more picks trade down get more picks they could actually trade down into a range where they could still get Richardson if they're thinking about him at number five there are some teams out there that have a second round grade on the guy Peter King has him going to the Vikings at 23 so he'll still be around I think it could be anywhere right for a while right so you could you could you could play that game a little bit I think back to the Ravens five years ago when they were drafting at 16 I believe it was and ownership was like, is this where we're taking Lamar? Is this where we're taking Lamar? Eh, we'll take Hayden Hurst here. Not that Hayden Hurst ended up transforming the franchise, although I got a ton of respect for him, and I think he can still be a very good player and is a very good player now with the Falcons, I believe. Is yeah. that where he ended up? Yeah. He's with the he Bengals? With, uh, He's with the Falcons yeah, I think now. so. You're right. Yeah. Is it the Falcons? Where is he? Okay. Uh, uh, I could yeah, be wrong. No, it was the Falcons, the Falcons before the Bengals, and then I can't remember where it went. We'll figure it out in a second. He's signed with somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, but the point is – it's like, we can wait, we can wait, we can wait. And they waited and they came back in and got Lamar Jackson to pick number 32. So it's a calculated risk. Right. Panthers. Maybe the Seahawks could do that. Yeah. We'll slide out of number five, the Panthers, Hayden Hurst. Yeah. So slide out of number five. We got the right division, at least NFC South close enough. One out of four, but slide out of five and maybe they can get Richardson later and get more picks, get more opportunities. You know, you mentioned Jalen Carter. I thought that's where they would go and maybe will go at number five if he's there. That's when his window opens. He could go as high as number three to the Cardinals. You've said it. Many believe it. He's the best player in the draft, but I'm a firm believer for his sake. He needs to lead and land in a spot where he's going to have a coach who can speak to his better angels, press his buttons the right way, get him to play hard all the time. Pete Carroll, Dan Campbell, Mike yeah, Tomlin, right. if they would trade up to number nine with the Bears. Right. some loose chatter about that. Not much lately. But I, for, for Carter, my hope is yeah. he lands in a spot where he's going to get the coaching he needs to get the most out of his talents. Agreed. And I, I, I'm with you. That's where I get it. I look at Seattle, and I just go, that, that's, that's going to work. Like, him in Seattle, I just feel like, because what you just said, the support system will be there that way. Detroit, it would certainly work as well. There's no doubt. So, yeah, that that's where I'm excited, and I think your point about you know and what Peter Peter's mock draft is, is saying here, as far as with the Anthony Richardson thing, again, it's it's buyer beware there. He's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, you know. To think that he might be on the board at 20 still, I don't think is crazy. I don't, you know. I also listen. I also this is where the draft is awesome this year. I don't think it's crazy that he goes in the top five. I think there's certain ways where this could fall out where that could happen too. You know, I know there's a team in top five that, you know, with Bryce Young out of the situation, it, it, Anthony Richardson's part of the next part of the equation there. That's where it's it's like him or the, some other guy. So, you know, that that's where it, it it's going to be fun. But, yeah, I mean, Mike, I think about, like, even when I was doing my mock draft, I was just going, 
man, is it crazy to think that maybe Anthony Richardson's on the board at 22 when Baltimore picks? I don't think it's crazy to think that. So there's a lot of ways this can go. And then you throw in Hendon Hooker, who I think is another guy that maybe is in that range generally as far as 15, 20, somewhere in there, maybe 12. Uh, that's where I think this, this could have a lot of curveballs, this draft. Yeah, Peter's got him going 12 to the Texans. I think there's a chance if he's there at number 11 with the Titans that that's the pick. Sure. Great opportunity to go with Ryan Tannehill this year, Hendon Hooker next year because he's still recovering from that torn ACL. And Peter's a firm believer that Hendon Hooker is going to go in the top half of the round. But uh, one last thing before we take the break. Peter has Bijan Robinson going to the Falcons at eight. And over the weekend, we posted that yeah. the betting favorites. There's a lot of people that think that's happening to get right. Bijan Robinson. Right. And you know, I like I like Tyler Algier, and he was. It's but you know, still, the, 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 you're talking about stud. You're talking about potential transformational player, the kind of guy that maybe helps Desmond Ritter play a lot better. Exactly. It's, it's a lot easier to play quarterback. If they got nine guys up at the line of scrimmage trying to stop B. John Robinson from doing his thing, and also it diversifies the attack. Peter's been a big believer, and he's talked to Steve Sarkeesian, the Texas coach, about this, lining him up in the slot, yeah. using him in a bunch he's of different ways. Right. Completely opens up the offense. And you throw him with Kyle Pitts and Drake London? Oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, my gosh, what the Falcons could become. No, I, I, the Falcons, uh, there's a lot of people in the NFL that think they're, they're hot on B. John Robinson. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if number 10, if he's on the board, the Eagles at 10, like we talked about a few weeks ago, if he's there. Bijan Robinson in a draft where there's lack of blue chip big time players is, is top five on just about everybody's board. So that's interesting, too. And what I want to throw out there, too, Mike, is like, OK, we're all this conversation about C.J. Stroud. And I know Peter's mock got the Tennessee Titans trading up to number three to go get him. What if they don't trade him? What if C.J. Stroud's on the board and Atlanta's picking a number eight? What are they going to do then? Well, they, I mean, they, damn, you got to have a quarterback fall in your lap that I think they probably didn't think would actually fall in their lap probably at the start of the draft process, and now here he is. So, again, it's just another you know wrinkle in this whole thing. But, um, yeah, a lot of people think Atlanta and B. John Robinson's a thing going in the NFL right now. And that's exactly what happened 18 years ago. The Packers were just minding their own business in the 20s. And a quarterback who was expected to go as high as number one fell into their laps. And he's still there. But he may not be there much longer. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Long-awaited Aaron Rodgers trade update. Trade update. When PFT Live continues right after this. You guys like Mike Florio. Don't waste your time reading the crap like that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.